When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Well, get you fired up. Just like a look at the standings. It's Ryan Kelly, morning after. Welcome back. Nine o'clock hour here on the program. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, the Plowhaw, KG, and O Town. In the Michelob Ultra Studios, Doug is doing the show now from Monte Carlo. He has uh, left St. Right. Louis and he's now doing the show from Monte Carlo. Uh, Ken Strode is out today, uh, and uh, he hopefully will be back tomorrow. Uh, the official statement uh, from Iggy this morning is he was not able to sleep again because of the shoulder tendonitis, and he uh, he is uh, hoping that he will be in a better spot tomorrow. So that's uh, what uh, he wanted me to tell the audience. So that's what I'm telling the audience. And, Doug, hopefully we will see Iggy back. And you back. I know you have a flight coming back across the Atlantic today. Uh, so you'll uh, be back in St. Louis. I was going to jump on the Concorde, but then I, I found out that it's been out of business here for 10, 12 years. So, you know, that's out. So maybe I'll stay here another day. I, don't, I just don't know <laughs> we'll, at this point. We'll find out. Uh, it is our pleasure every Tuesday here on TMA. Uh, to be joined by MLB.com writer, friend of the program, friend of Balloon Party as well, John Denton. John, good morning. Hey, Tim, how are you? I, I want you to know that I have both visited Monaco and have shoulder tendonitis as well. So, My I, God, I, this, this is the ultimate relatability. <laughs> yes, exactly. How about that? <laughs> how about this guy, Doug? John, uh, you were out there for the Cardinals' debacle of a road trip to uh, Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and uh, this thing has gotten to a point that I don't think, real. I mean, really, realistically, anybody saw coming going into the season, a 2-8 and eight road trip, and now it is, uh, it's kind of hanging in the balance here with the record they have and how far back they are in the standings. Uh, your analysis of the month of April for the Cardinals as a whole. Yeah, you know, Tim, uh, on one side of it, you say, okay, maybe they shouldn't react. You know, this team uh, was, was behind at the All-Star break last year, made a, made a rally. Uh, they were way back in 21, won 17 in a row. So you know it's capable. But on the other hand, this is the worst start in 50 years. Yeah. Like, you know, I was three years old when this <laughs> when this uh, happened last. Uh, so, you know, th- this is not normal around St. Louis. This is a team that – always has a winning record that makes the playoffs 80, 90% of the time. And, you know, they're, they're, they're one of the, they have one of the worst records in the league right now. They're just not playing good baseball. They're not playing good baseball on many levels, you know, and even when they 
get pitching. They don't hit. And when they hit, they don't pitch. And then the bullpen has six blown saves. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm shocked that the lineup is not deeper. Uh, you know, there's there's one guy in the whole order that's hitting 300. So it's it's bad baseball on a lot of levels right now. So who who takes uh, the the blame for that? Dude, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty to go around, but right now, who's is there? Is it anybody's fault that that the whole team seems to have fallen apart at the same time? Well, you know, uh, yes, there's there's definitely plenty of blame to go around. You know, I you know it it, it falls on uh, management for for not going and getting uh, more pitching this all season. Uh, you know, they knew that was a problem. Uh, it falls on the on the manager. It's you know naturally if you're not winning, it, it's going to fall there. It falls on the leadership of the team. You know Paul Goldschmidt hit the ball, but Nolan Arenado has it. So you know everybody gets part of that blame. It's just part of the business of, of sports. If you're not winning, there's blame to go around. Uh, it just it, it boggles the mind that that they haven't been able to put things together. You know we, we've only seen two or three maybe complete games uh, the whole way where they get pitching, they get hitting, they get relief pitching in the same game. They just haven't been able to ever, you know, put in all those parts together and they just haven't been good enough. Uh, you know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, Ali Marmol has said, Paul Goldschmidt has said, he said, Hey, we're all trying. It just hadn't been good enough. And it's, it's their job to figure out how to, how to make it better. Uh, John Denton with us here on the program. Any questions, comments you have for him? He's with us every Tuesday and you can text him in at 314 314- 881-TMA5. Uh, I am I'm not, and I don't really think this this program as a whole is one for going, okay, this person needs to be fired, this person needs to be fired, and I'm not necessarily even saying that now. But what I am saying is this. In, in his time as the owner of the Cardinals, Bill DeWitt really hasn't had a year that is like this one at this point. Now, again, it's the first month in the season, he took over the franchise, and they immediately were a win away from the World Series in 1996 with the Cardinals and a team that really I don't think many people would, would say was all that great, but they were still on the verge of beating the Braves and playing the Yankees in the World Series. And while they weren't really competitive, John, in 97, 98, 99, they had Mark McGuire acquired at the 97 trade deadline to kind of distract from the lack of winning. And then from 2000 to present day, they've been in the mix every single year. And the one real off year was 2007 when they had won the World Series the year before. This Uh year, comparatively speaking, while the Cardinals would say, well, we've been to the playoffs in 19, 20, and 21, and 22, I think fans would say, yeah, but you haven't really done anything in the playoffs in those years. And you got to go back to 2014 to find a win in the NLCS. And so the equity that the Cardinals may think they have with the fan base, I don't think that they have. So the reason I give all of that historical context is this. If this continues, and this is an opportunity here this week, especially with Detroit coming in, if this continues, do you think the organization would, would make some kind of move, whether that be with staffing or with, with players? Well, I, th- I think, you know, John Moselock said last uh after last season that their model is going to be tested and their model, you know, they may at some point may have to change their model. And, you know, they went into the off season thinking that maybe they could snag guys who fell, who didn't get paid enough, who didn't get, you know, that maybe their number was a little more reasonable. Uh, their, their model is being tested now that, you know, they didn't go out and spend the 30 million on Rodon and the, the big money guys, they didn't spend money on any of those shortstops and, 
you know, maybe now it, it they're just starting to question, hey, should should we have made an upgrade? Uh, you know, St. Louis has never been the market that's had guys making, you know, or, or paying $200 million for a free agent. They got Nolan Arenado in the trade. Colorado's paying most of that now. They got Paul Goldschmidt, who's making $26 million a year. Uh, but they've never gone out and, and given the $250, $300 million contract. They may have to reevaluate that. They may have to look at, uh, you know, their spending now. They may have to be willing to take on, you know, a big contract in a trade. Um, as far as changes, uh, you know, I, I think Mo is solid. I think uh, I think Ali Marmol is solid for this season. Uh, I think this team has a run in them. But you know, if things don't change, there will be changes. There's no doubt, but no doubt about that, Tim. I was going to ask if you thought they had a run in them with this current roster. You think as it stands right now with the current players they have that it's that it's likely they could put something together and get back in it? I think with their lineup, I think they definitely have a shot. You know, it's it's whether they're going to find enough pitching or not. You know, it is, is Jack Jack Flaherty going to be an ace? Is he going to be a stopper? Uh, is is Miles Michaels going to be the guy that he was against the Giants the other day? Or is he going to be the guy that had a 10 year array after the first three starts? You know, it's, uh, I, I think they definitely have the hitting. I think at some point they're all going to hit. At some point they're going to score six, seven runs a game over, over a, you know, over a stretch. Um, the, the hitting definitely gives them a chance to put together a run. It's just whether they're going to get enough pitching or not. Uh, can, can Wainwright come back and give them, you know, a good start every five days? Uh, can, can Jordan Montgomery get some run support yeah. to go with the, the, as well as he's pitched the last four outings? You know, he won his first two outings, didn't pitch very well. And now he's lost his last four, and in, in three of the last four, he's pitched really well. So it's a matter of them just putting it together, putting good pitching with good hitting. John, uh, we have this text from one of our listeners. Um, what does Matthew Libertor need to do to get called up? The guy is pitching his ass off for the record. Uh, Libertor is 3-1 and one with a 2.14 ERA, 45 strikeouts in 33 innings. Uh, with just 12 walks, that's a 1.10 whip, and opponents are hitting 212 against him. I mean, when you you reported last week, John, that uh, Stephen Matz, they're talking internally about the possibility of skipping his turn. Uh, I would imagine if it doesn't go well tonight, they will revisit those conversations. It's not like Jake Woodford has been killing it. He had some issues with control. The Dodgers were laying off on Sunday afternoon. What do you think about the possibility of seeing Libertor sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think, you know, Libertor's put him in a spot where he's definitely in contention. You know, he he came up five times last year. The problem last year was his velocity was 92, 93, 94, that range. He really committed himself to his off-season weight program. He's up, he's hitting 96, 97, even occasional 98 this season. His slider has, has gotten to the point where it may be even better than his curveball. He's always had that plus-plus curveball. Um, now, he, now he throws a hard slider. He throws 96-97. He's been very impressive. And, you know, Ali Marmol even said at the, in the spring, he said, that's the best Matthew Libertor we've ever seen. So, you know, all he's got to do is keep doing what he's doing. And, you know, there are going to be spots available, no doubt about it. If You know, Wood, Woodford's probably made his last start. Adam Wainwright's going to start on Saturday from the, from the all, you know, all apparent uh, signs if things go well this week with his rehab. Um, but, you know, he could fall into one of those spots. It may be a case where Steven Matz loses his spot in the rotation and Matthew Libertor's called up. You know, they're definitely not afraid to call him up. They called him up five times last year. Uh, you know, he could, he's, he's a guy who deserves to pitch at this level, no doubt. 
How has Jordan Walker done in the minors, and when do you think we might see him again? Well, he hit, uh, let's see, his first game, he was 0-4 with two strikeouts, but then he hit a home run in his second one. Uh, he's, he's done well. You know, I've told people all along, Jordan Walker getting sent down was not about Jordan Walker. Like, fans have to realize there, there's a bigger picture here. That was not about Jordan Walker. Yes, he needs to fix a few things with his swing. That was about telling the other four outfielders, okay, no more excuses. You're going to play every day, and it's time to produce. I really think that move was about telling Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar, and Alec Burleson, you have you have a month, you have six weeks, uh, you know, either hit and produce, or you're probably going to move be moved elsewhere. Yeah. So you know, I, I know there was a lot of focus on Jordan Walker, but I really think that move was about something much bigger. It's not as simple as saying cause and effect. Nolan Arenado is is the problem because the Cardinals have one of the worst pitching staffs and rotations going in the game uh 24th in baseball as far as quality starts goes 20th is as far as era goes with that starting staff so to to just say no Arnado not hitting is the reason why they're in the spot they're in however Arnado following the game against los angeles said it's tough to talk about the team when i'm not doing my job uh when you were on with us on 101 espn this past thursday john you cited uh his monthly uh, performance last year and how it was inconsistent and you were I think replying to my question asking if there was something else going on other than struggles in other words is there some kind of injury um, so with regards to Arenado, uh not only is he not hitting it doesn't seem like he's really hitting the ball hard often either um, what is your assessment of that situation yeah, you know, to the exit velocity thing is really surprising because he's a guy who's known for barreling balls up and you know, even when he didn't hit in the playoffs last year, he hit balls hard. He hit the balls right at people. Like, he had an yeah. expected batting average of, of over 600 last year in the playoffs. He hit the ball right at people, but he hit it hard every time. And it it doesn't seem to add up right now. I mean, the guy showed up at, training, at, at spring training. He hit everything hard in spring training. He went away with Team USA, uh, you know, hit hit better than 300 with Team USA. And then all of a sudden, now he's not hitting. And, like, He's one of the most obsessed guys I've ever seen when it comes to hitting as far as, you know, I've talked about he takes a bat home and watches himself swing in the mirror. He's just sitting around, standing around, and you'll see him, like, air swinging uh, with no bat in his hands. Like, he's always thinking about hitting, and he's even said that sometimes it's to his own detriment that he kind of gets obsessed with it, you know, and compulsive and, and, and drives himself crazy because when he's not hitting so I guarantee he's taken this hard. He's probably hit more than ever in the cage, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if we get to the stadium today at 2.30 and Nolan Arenal's already hitting. It's one of those things he's just got to try to hit his way out of. You know, Like I said last year, he was the player of the month in the National League in the in April. He had the worst May of, of his career last year, and then he hit you know, 300 for the next three months uh, and had a MVP-quality season. So... You just feel like one of these days he's going to click and go back to being Nolan Arenado. There it is. Cardinals and Angels going tonight for three. You'll see Shoy Otani on the mound for the Angels uh, tomorrow. And Miles Michaelis going up against him. And then the Detroit Tigers come to town in a week. The Cardinals really, truly need to get it going uh, after that West Coast road trip. John, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much for the time this morning. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care. Have a good week. You too. That's thanks, John Denning of MLB.com with us here on the Ryan Kelly 
morning after. Your thoughts on what he had to say? 314-881-TMA5, EDF Group, text inbox. You're also welcome to call in, 636-9004-TMA. And we have the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day coming your way the morning after at InsideSTL.com. We're giving away two sets of tickets to the Cardinals and Tigers on Saturday, May 6th. Ryan Helsley bobblehead is the prize for uh, the uh, the promo item for this Saturday's game against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Doug, anything stand out to you from uh, John Denton? No, I agree with him about Arenado that he's probably the guy we should not be worried about. He's got so many years of a track record of, of great success that I, I think we can think one bad month from him is, is not a signal that the end is near for Nolan Arenado. I think he'll be back too. I'm still a little confused by the Jordan Walker thing. Why why didn't they send Burleson down? He's hitting 230. Why not you know why not include Walker in that group of four that's uh, that's getting the uh, the playing time now. I I just still struggle a little bit to understand that why you would mess with Jordan Walker to send a message to the other four guys. And he is not doing much since he's gotten to Memphis. Granted it's a small sample size, but it's 16 yeah. bats. He has four hits hitting 188. And uh, it has one home run. So, uh, you know, we'll see if, if that uh, turns around. Because if it doesn't, then I think you got to go, okay, is something wrong that might be physical um, and not necessarily um, mental? Uh, all right. Uh, we'll have the design air heating and cooling email of the day. We have the playoff between the JV golf coach and Dragon Slayer. Plus, we have. Uh, two tickets that were given away for today's winner. Family Golf and Learning Center is a premier golfing facility for all abilities and ages. Provides a friendly and encouraging practice experience for the individual or the family. Player development includes monthly clinics, adult clinics, summer camps with fundamentals, learns to plays, and accelerated golf camps. Private instruction, on-course programs, ladies' leagues, couples' leagues, parent-child scramble tournaments, all at Family Golf, which features a double-decker driving range. It is the best driving range. If you want to play around but short on time, their par-3 course is the place for you. It's a beautiful nine-hole par-3 golf course. You can enjoy lunch or dinner on the terrace and wonderful patio on back nine bar and grill. Host your event there with birthday parties, graduation parties, corporate events, and clinics. It's family golf. They make St. Louis better at golf. Learn, practice, play your best golf, Family golf online. Dot com. That is familygolf at familygolfonline.com. And if you want to get in a spot where you can improve your game at home, well, then you have Clubhouse Turf. Driving the ball three yards is cool and impresses your buddies, but scoring amounts to getting the ball in the hole. How many times have you hit a great drive only to miss the green, skull a chip, and three-putt your way to double bogey? While the tour players get up and down two-thirds of the time, scratch golfers still only get up and down around half the time. Thus, the best way to lower your scores is to improve your short game. And that's why tour players like world number one, John Rahm and Max Homa have installed celebrity greens in their backyards. Anyone can put down fake turf and call it a putting green. But if you want a golf green that puts true and gives you real grass performance when practicing chips, pitches and bunker shots, the only company to call is clubhouse turf. St. Louis's exclusive partner of celebrity greens. Each clubhouse turf signature green is unique in design whether creating a replica hole like the 12th at Augusta or the 2nd at Bell Reeve, Clubhouse Turf can create your own backyard golf experience that your family and friends will enjoy for years to come. Call Clubhouse Turf, St. Louis's exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens, Golf Digest Best in Golf, and start improving your game today. The number is 314-834-2339 or go online at clubhouseturf.com. Let them know you are a TMA listener. Check it out for yourself at clubhouseturf.com or call 314 314- 
The greens uh, are artificial synthetic turf. It's not real grass, but it is a putting surface that allows you to get better at chipping, bunker shots, and also putting. 314-834-2339. Visit clubhouseturf.com and let them know you are a TMA listener. Doug, the uh, Devils became the eighth team to go to the second round last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I got to tell you, eh, I'm not really that excited about the, uh, the a lot of the, the, the kind of, you know, the defending cup champions are gone. Uh, the Lightning and Patty Maroon are gone. The Bruins and their regular season, they're gone. Uh, Blues aren't just, in it anymore. Blues aren't in it. Uh, the Devils, you know, don't have, you know, don't, don't to me anyway, the cachet of, of the Rangers and uh, Tarasenko being in there. You still have O'Reilly in there with the Leafs. I suppose that will become the story. Um, but you will have the Kraken in the second round, the Panthers in the second round, the Devils in the second round. And uh, I don't know, just doesn't doesn't get me all worked up. You know, not the big high-profile teams that that the, the league would prefer to see. Maybe probably, you'll get but... uh, maybe you'll get the Oilers against the Leafs, and Canada goes bad crap. Austin yeah. Matthews, Connor McDavid. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I guess I'd root for Toronto at this point. See O'Reilly win again. He yeah. was so well loved here. I, I can't think of any reason to pull for anybody else at this point. The Hurricanes. Well, why would I pull for the Hurricanes? <laughs> They're a fun team to watch. Well, they're I don't like the huge, Hurricanes. They're not in I don't a like huge one market. They don't Raleigh, Durham. Yeah. Yeah, Toronto, we need to watch a team with four $10 million players win it. Man, that'd be so, so much Toronto is to the capital of hockey in the world. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since when, the 60s? Wow, sounds like a hell of a capital. <laughs> oh. Sounds like hockey may need to change their capital, bud. I agree with Plowhawk. <laughs> You're a Hurricanes well, the Hall Doug, of Fame. Doug, we're the official is. show of the, the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Hurricanes. KG No Town, who you pulling for? Maple Leaf. <clears throat> Pardon it's me. emotional. It's so wow, he is. It's like gangster Pete. Don't cry about it. It's hockey. Well, like we talked about yesterday, I really I connect with the Maple Leafs because I got out of the first round. They got out of the first round. Wow, it always goes back to the oh, Jennings yeah. Junior Fan Page Club Champions. Wait, the, what team can I uh, forfeit in the semis? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Hurricanes lost to the Island, beat the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. so. Well, then I can't be. I can't be a Hurricanes guy. Family is the Islanders. My family, Big oh. Islanders people. Doug okay. Jackson's family are the New Big York Islanders. Islanders. Okay. Big Islanders. I love how he just figured that out. Let's I take actually our didn't, on the fly. didn't watch any of I the didn't series. I didn't know who they beat. I didn't I even know they were doing it. One player on the Hurricanes are probably the Islanders, but I know that if it's not the Blues, it's the Islanders, and so neither. So I'll be protesting. So you are now no longer on board with the Hurricanes. Who are you taking in as your team? Uh, the Celtics. Yeah, I'll just, uh, just I'll just double down the Celtics. It's been a rough couple of nights for Boston. I'm confused. So Toronto, Toronto is like the St. Louis of soccer. Like St. Louis is called the 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 soccer capital, but this is our first pro team in like 60 years, right? And they're yeah. they're considered the hockey capital, but they haven't won a cup in 60. I well, think we need to change well, the capital. I don't think they should be. Should be Ottawa's the capital of Canada. Canada is the capital of hockey. Seems to make yeah, sense. go Sens. Did you guys Toronto's see? Toronto's just a a big the hotbed i think it seems like half the players in the league are from the toronto area right did you guys again, see the hall the... of fame is there and toronto was great for many many years it hadn't been for 50 or 60 great years but they, they were oh why some of the best uniforms. another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. KG, yes, you were yes KG, you were saying something? Uh, sorry to step on you, Doug. I was going to see if you guys saw the... Uh, Skittles social team just dropped a nuke on the Boston Bruins with a post on Twitter. Yeah, I did see that too. I don't get how Skittles? companies... Yeah, Skittles? Skittles is they... going after the Boston Bruins? Yeah, I'll pull it up here. <laughs> yeah, they did kind of throw shade at the Bruins. I don't get who runs these company social media accounts. Skittles said, my weekend wasn't great, but at least I didn't choke away a 3-1 playoff lead. Anyways, <laughs> taste the rainbow. <laughs> wow. Isn't that pretty... That That's kind of... That's... Well... It's got the engagement that they're looking for. Yeah, it, well, it certainly does have that. Yeah, I, I don't know that you choke every time you lose. I don't know that that's fair. Yes, though, this is one of those choking moments. Up 3-1, you have 12 total losses the entire season. You lose two at home in like four days. Nah, that's a choke. And I don't really like to use that word either, but this is a choke job. This ain't, I mean, yeah, Kachuk put out of his mind, Florida played great, but you're up 3-1 as one of the better hockey teams of all time. The best and you can't close it ever. out. Yeah, you can't close out two games at home. That's that's on you. Florida played great. I don't think choking means they didn't actually, you know, step up and play great. I think both can be the case. I don't know, when I think of choke, I think it means you were, you know, you are really close to doing it, but you did something that was... Uh, I don't, I don't want to use the word cowardly or something, but you did something that you would not normally do. Uncharacteristic under pressure. That, to me, is yeah. the definition of joke. Roman Turk? Yeah. Roman Turk not paying attention. <laughs> so he was, just, he was just letting pucks in? Like he was, he was, what was he, I wasn't alive. If I was and didn't care. If you're a know. goalie, what else are you paying attention to but the game? We never figured that out, <laughs> but there was, there was something on his mind, and they were beating him from center ice. <laughs> like from the Owen, blue line? Owen Nolan skated across, like, right before the end of the period in game seven with everything on the line and truly did. Oh, it was beyond the blue line. <laughs> it was near the red line. Uh, beat him. <laughs> I mean, the building, the building was just deathly silent, and I can't even imagine what his teammates were thinking. When that uh, when that occurred, uh, Jim Montgomery, the former Blues assistant and former Stars head coach, getting lit up in Boston, as you uh, as you might assume, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, that uh, for for a variety of mistakes, um, according to Doug, do you read Fluto Shinzawa? Every night, yeah. <laughs> Every night I go to bed right and read Fluto. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said: Jim Montgomery did wrong, playing uh, Patrice Bergeron. In game 82. Take that, Doug. That was the problem? (laughs) One of his best players he allowed to play? Scrapping the goalie rotation. In uh, in February and March, Olmark and uh, Jeremy Swayman rotated every other start for 19 games, and Olmark had a 940 save percentage. Swayman was at 923. It was definitive proof, a concept that rotating the goalies optimized their performance. Uh, but uh, by game six, after not rotating, Allmark had been run into the ground, and Montgomery and uh, the goalie coach Bob Asenza let their goalies down. Allmark was mentally and physically spent. Swayman was asked to be a savior. It was not fair. 
Uh, he said uh, he relentlessly changed the lines uh, throughout the course of the playoff series and uh, and went on to say that uh, putting uh, Trent Frederick back into the lineup, the St. Louis in, in Game 7, was the final mistake. Throughout the year, Montgomery encouraged his players to grow. It's his turn to do the same. That oh, is the for heaven's sakes. Fluto Shinzawa. I'm confused, though, like... Other teams have one goalie playing the entire series. Am I correct yes. on that? And probably mm, not gassed and exhausted and wore out. That's what you say when you lose. You find every reason in the world. Every movie made was the coach's fault. That's what happens when you lose. Yep. And so often in hockey you lost because someone took a slap shot that bounced off four people and ricocheted <laughs> at the top of the net. A little bit of puck you luck certainly possibly on that game it. Yeah. yeah, and then you say, well, it's, we just we just weren't ready to play. And by the way, the eight-seed Florida Panthers are a legit bunch with a few superstars and a ten million dollar a year goalie. I, re- I didn't know. I, I didn't watch any of the games, so I don't know if Barbrocky actually played any. But that, oh, that's he did. A, he did. Yeah, that's but he a, was getting pushed at the end of the year. And if you remember, I mean, you got to really kind of be locked into this. But Walter Heath Kachuk goes on. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't certainly South Florida sports radio. I don't know how much Panthers talk there is in South Florida. But he was on a national hockey show, and he called out the uh, Panthers for not having, essentially, the haunt to to get into the playoffs. This was at the time when they were, you know, kind of going back and forth with the, the uh, Islanders and the Penguins, and only two of the three would get in. The Penguins wound up not getting in. What a weird spot for Matthew that his dad uh, is is calling out the team's effort. Uh, you really only do that in, in game five with your starting center fielder. <laughs> so in this case, the team rallied. Matthew had a hell of a series, nearly had the game winner. That was a great save uh, in overtime uh, before the Panthers would wind up winning it. And uh, and now here the Panthers are beating a team that had a record-breaking season, and, and who knows, perhaps they could – they could do what people thought they were going to do last year when they won the President's Trophy, but didn't uh, didn't get past, if I'm not mistaken, the second round. Uh, someone just sent in the Roman Turek uh, goal that I've now from the watching box? from the first time. I've never seen a goalie jump when a puck <laughs> comes flying at them. Why did it's he... like he was surprised. Uh, <laughs> he saw him wind up. So the up. Sharks were leading one nothing, with 20 seconds left in the first period. Uh, Doug, were you at that game? I was at that game. We were probably sitting next to each other, I would assume. Uh, I think I was, yeah. And here comes Owen Nolan. He's skating across literally from, I would say, two steps. He does jump two steps inside of center ice. And with about 10 seconds left in the first period, he beats Roman Turek 23 years ago. And Roman Turek is staring down at the ice. <laughs> <laughs> he hit, beat him glove side too. He Joel Quen, the look on Joel Quenville's face says, "I would like to go coach the Blackhawks and the Avalanche as quickly as possible." And then I'll now, do a was that the play floor. where he where he faked shooting it into the corner and then took a shot on goal? Was that what got Turek? No, because I remember he got beat on one of those two where it looked like the guy was just going to dump it into the corner. Instead, he, he put it on that, oh, no, and, and Roman was steals the puck. No, this was absolutely telegraphed. This was absolutely <laughs> telegraphed. Yeah. Well, I remember the uh, – mm. yeah, that was – it's kind of like if you can recall game seven against the Bruins for the Blues. You know, it was one nothing, and I'm sure Bruins fans and the Bruins themselves thought, okay, we'll get to the second – you know, we'll get to the second period and we'll turn this thing around. 
And then right before, I guess like a minute and a half or so before the intermission, there it is. They're showing the replay. It is from the Blues logo at Center Ice. <laughs> oh. Turek looks like he's doing what I would do if I was in goal. He, like, protects his nuts and then jumps. Put your blocker in front of it, Roman. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's brutal. Oh, and it wound up being the game winner <laughs> to eliminate the Blues from the uh, from the playoffs. I'm sure people were understanding of, you know, mistakes happen. And mm, yeah. Not necessarily Turk's fault. Oh my god. Pay it to, now I finally get what pay attention yeah, Roman that's what means. pay attention Roman means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was I, I never really knew what it meant. Yep. Doug, you got to pay attention when you're in the net. Well, I would if pucks are coming at you 100 miles an hour. I can't imagine what else I would be paying attention to. What would you be thinking about other than stopping this rock-hard puck from hitting me in the face? Well, I guess uh, ADD is a powerful thing. Yeah, it's gotten me <laughs> plenty of time. Roman. God. It's gotten me plenty of time. Oh, I wonder what Sports Talk Radio in St. Louis sounded like the next day. I think people had some takes. Oh, my God. Holy crap. Wow. Because at that time, that was like as – Thirsty as the Blues fans were, for, sure. For a cup. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the Rams had just won the Super Bowl, the Cardinals were good, but the season had just started, and uh, St. Louis—that's right when St. Louis was right around the time named the best sports city in America, albeit by the hometown sporting news. Right, I've, that, is, that, that picture, is still right? referenced yeah. to this day. Well, we were named best sports city in America. Yeah, but I mean, it was twenty-three years ago. Yeah, it's like TMASTL.com names TMA the best show, twenty twenty-three. Well, they had we had three of the top uh, athletes in all of sports at that time, between McGuire and Kurt Warner and Chris Pronger. That's yeah. right. But is McGuire wouldn't show up for the picture. That's right? correct. So Edmonds is on the cover. Okay, that yeah. that's why Edmonds is on. The, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Because I've seen that yeah. picture before. My favorite custard stand has that picture. Though. Uh, favorite custard stand. Yeah, uh, St. Louis. Frozen oh man, that's a, they have that's a, a hard one. Outstanding custard. They have that picture up there, and I always wonder. I was like, it says Mark McGuire, but like Jim Edmonds is on. I feel like McGuire is the answer there, but Edmonds is on the cover. That makes sense now. And he had just he had just come over from the Angels. Edmonds had, yeah, Yeah. gotcha. So that's the uh, the backstory on how that came to pass. McGuire refused to show up for the uh, (laughs) photo (laughs) shoot. (laughs) Boy, he's a different guy now, man. And he he goes he's on with Randy Carricker regularly. Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, I was an ass." So Mm. you know, he acknowledges it. That had to be fun to cover on a regular basis, Doug. It was not. It was definitely not. He would berate us. Go home, he said a couple times. He did. He did a game-winning home run. We'd say, Mark, can we talk to you? No, go home. Go home to your families. See the ball, hit the ball. Oh, God. He would be on the Mount Rushmore of difficult athletes to deal with, Doug. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. What is your Mm -hmm. Mount Rushmore? I wonder how many players in their long after retirement, look back and wonder why they were such a jerk all the time. I wonder how many of them really regret the way they behaved when yeah. they were on top of the world. It's a nice, that's a, that's a fair question. It's a fair question. You know, because they're almost all uh, nice and easy to deal with after retirement. Yeah. Right. I mean, Chris Carpenter was no picnic either when he was here, and now he couldn't be nicer. Oh, is that right? Really? I haven't seen him much since he retired. Huh. Yeah. Earl well, Weaver. He's a different guy, too. Earl Weaver? He was nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had it coming. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our design air heating and cooling email of the day. We will start 
with our non-playoff contenders, but our playoff contenders are eligible for today's win. But if you don't want to vote for them, then you got to vote for somebody else and then vote for the winner of the playoff. All right. That's yep. JV Golf Coach, and that is Dragon Slayer. Steven Wildwood, Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month for April, has sent this in. I believe Cuck Knobloch. Also, can anybody give me a ride to baseball practice at the Baldwin Athletic Complex on Thursday? Daddy is on vacation in Cancun with new mommy, and my real mommy is going to the day game on Thursday. And last time she stayed out too late, and I missed practice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks in advance. The fourth grader who sometimes has Chairman Steven Wildwood's phone. <laughs> My gam Fourth gam. grader. Yeah. <laughs> who sometimes has Stephen Wildwood's phone. He's new. My gam gam is marrying some guy with Riz she met at Del Mar Gardens named Phineas. And I don't care what Doug tells me. I'm not calling him grandpa. I'm still so pissed she banned me from taking her Pontiac vibe to Cruz Lee May. You think taking my PS5 is a game, Grandma? Oh, I don't care that she pays my rent or lets me share her Brazzers login. I'm not calling him Grandpa. Toodles, that's from Gen Z Zach. I didn't like it. <laughs> Gen Z Zach. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, uh, I was doing some deleting of ones that I didn't think were necessarily. All right. Ours is the type of presentation where a divorced father and his 18-year-old son feel free to text in at any time and rate the hotness of tatted-up Southern Illinois bartenders who used to have pierced nipples. Big show, despite Iggy still being on yet another extended sabbatical following a freak shower accident. <laughs> So the Milagro Tequila Lister of the month of April would have been Dragon Slayer, but he didn't submit an application. Then it would have been Arbor Day. But Jackson claimed Arbor Day was ineligible because his application was fraudulent. I didn't claim. It is fraudulent. There are things that can be interpreted and things that can be factual, and this, this is the latter. It was fraudulent. Uh, you see, there's a legal element, and we can't present the prize to a tree planting holiday. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Maybe if he texted it as Jason Day's cousin Harbor, he'd be eligible. <laughs> the funny thing is, this is all coming from Don Cheadle's character in Boogie Nights. <laughs> Holly Hills Hustler accused Jackson of running a dictatorship and requested a special prosecutor. And Jackson told him, kiss my ass, yo. <laughs> the, uh, the award was then presented to the caller who likes to detail his <laughs> masturbatory habits, who then promptly attempted to leverage the prize in exchange for another listener and his wife filming a caught cheating with babysitter porn scene with Lisa Ann. Now let's get to something that's really important. <laughs> the ongoing grand jury investigation of erotic tales of the less popular MFF sent in by an anonymous listener who's Nom to Plume is based on a former all-star second baseman who was destined for Cooperstown before his career was derailed by the Yips, his wife, and the lesbianic threesomes with Pam and Stacy. I'm not for sure if the stories are real, but I'm erect at the line at Hardy's right now. That's from Buck Swope. 
Oh, Bucks woke with oh, a nice little email God. this morning. Uh, and uh, now our two April playoff candidates. And I read, that was an amazing tribute to Mike Shannon yesterday. St. Louis is really going to miss his presence, and you guys highlighted his legacy beautifully. But I've still got a little chirping to do because I just can't help it. Listen, three, you went to journalism school, but did you actually spend any time in the classroom? Weren't you paying attention when your professors taught you that visual aesthetics are important? I mean, your studio looks slightly less cozy than a medieval dungeon for crying out loud. It's so uninviting that multiple cast members have started faking illnesses <laughs> and injuries so they can spend less time in that barren hellhole. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it looks like someone went rummaging through a taxidermist dumpster and found some old replica raccoon pelts made out of asbestos and just stapled the dirty leftover scraps onto the walls. It really sends the message that any female who enters that room is most likely never going to see the outside world again. Enough about the setting. How about your show's content? I really think you guys should have spent some more time talking about the old guy who couldn't play in a pretend golf tournament. You can believe the, quote, I fell in a shower excuse if you want, but I bet Iggy's arm was a direct result of too much time at the command center with Harley Geek Girl. I'll go nope. ahead and ask the question that is on everybody's mind. Is Iggy going to be the first man in history to need Tommy John surgery because he pleasures himself too much? I love Iggy and hate to see him in pain, but after he left work early on Friday, some people on the fan page were genuinely surprised that he was too injured to play in the fan page club championship. If he's in so much pain that he can't even sit in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And hyperventilate into a microphone. How in the world could his brittle bones have enough strength to swing a golf club? Speaking of compromised skeletons, I think it's time to reevaluate the commercials on the TMA all day skeleton. Didn't your university professor teach you to stop running commercials once they become outdated? It's bad enough that you still play commercials for a podcast that hasn't been on the air for the past five months. But I recently heard you play an ad for a McGrib combo meal at the Floating Riverboat McDonald's. And was it Western Illinois or Mizzou that taught you guys that it was okay to simply give up in the middle of a segment and start playing old SNL sketches? <laughs> With an effort like that, you'll never make it into Barrett's top 20, especially since your program reached an all-time low last week when your board op, who has apparently taken a blood oath to never play one single drop again for as long as he lives, was so high that he admitted out loud that he would hang out in murky porta potty brine for a mere $50,000. I know times must be tough because Darren can only afford knockoff Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. But come on, man. Have a little respect for yourself. $50,000 seems a bit low to let beefy boys unload steamy mud pies in your direction. And when did oh. Lister start wandering in off the streets unannounced to man the phone lines? <laughs> I'm actually kind of afraid to leave my desk at work now because KG and O-Town might show up and take my spot. But that's what makes TMA great. You never know what will happen next. In honor of the moon man, I'll leave you guys with the same phrase my wife says to me every time we unsuccessfully try to get intimate. Get up, baby. Get up. Four, please. JV Golf Coach now admitting the Dragon Slayer should have been the listener of the month because he is the greatest emailer of all time. But I guess he's an ineligible because he didn't ask nicely. Whatever. JV Golf Coach. And finally. Uh just wanted to drop a line to say grats on the success you found there at Hubbard. Nobody, and I mean nobody, deserves the quench of success more than y'all. 
over the course of your 20-ish year history in local radio, from broken down Hummers to state-of-the-art wallpaperless basement closets at Hubbard, it's been a lot of fun to watch you guys not even remotely attempt to shatter any of the stereotypes associated with HD2 local drive-time radio in St. Louis, causing exactly no one to rethink any of the preconceptions about your show's chronically unhappy listener base or your aggressive 4-to-1 producer-to-fill-in-host ratio. When life gave you lemons, you made lemonade, and then you spilled that lemonade on expensive broadcasting equipment and used that as an excuse for your unwillingness to manipulate a rudimentary scheduling template which graciously plays the prior day show on a death loop (laughs) until your rotating door of cast members hit the air again the next morning. And the cameras, what a joy to see you guys finally graduate from the Stone Age of stolen skull candies to a 21st century podcast studio with cardboard walls and half the cast missing at any given time. But seriously, when I heard you guys got upgraded to a new studio after just 14 short months of infecting Hubbard's corporate offices, I literally got a little choked up with emotion. It's about damn time you got a studio that reflected the quality of the show. I imagine maybe a wall or two draped with LED panels and ring lights and maybe some form of acoustic-friendly padding, maybe a promotional poster or two on the wall or a lamp. At the very least, maybe just a window. And then I got the pleasure of tuning into your stream for the first time ever this morning, and, well, I'm going to level with you guys. It was bleak, a jarring peek behind the HD2 curtain of local radio that spends 75 minutes a day breaking down all the winners by forfeit injury in the My Wife Hates Me Invitational presented by Jenny Craig and Metabolic Energy Life Pills. Metabolic Life Energy Pills. Sure, you came from humble beginnings of sex shops, St. Charles Industrial Parks, and broken down Hummers next to a bankrupt Red Robin and coin-operated laundromat. But look at you now. By the looks of the YouTube stream, You've been promoted to a damp, dimly lit bomb shelter in post-apocalyptic trailer park that's littered with rusted cars, half-attached screen doors, and makeshift clotheslines with laundry hanging untouched for weeks. Honestly, it's probably better for everyone that Hubbard didn't give you a window in that FEMA trailer you're broadcasting out of because the listeners would be distracted by the goings-on outside that window, like the obese women in Tasmanian devil moo-moos who take notice of their filthy, pantsless children only long enough to scream at them, and the skinny, shirtless men who stake of McCormick vodka most of the day while wrenching on How broken How long is email? <laughs> Thanks. That's from the thorn bush, not the dragon slayer, and that's what we have. Thorn Blue design, bush. air, heating, and cooling email today. I wanted to vote for Buck Swope, but do I have to vote for either J.D. So Golf Buck Coach Swope, or Thornbush? Buck Swope will win today because I agree with you. I'm voting for Buck Swope. And then you have to vote between J.V. Golf Coach and Dragon Slayer. Uh, I'll go J.V. Golf Coach. Dragon Slayer. I go Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer has won the email of the month. Congratulations to Dragon Slayer. You have won the email of the month. I'd like to tell the people about Longo Biggs. If you are injured in an accident, things can spiral out of control quickly. You might have medical bills piling up. You might not be able to work or provide for your family, and you're probably getting the runaround from the insurance company you've been talking to. Do not fight this fight alone. C.D. Longo and Doug Biggs of the Longo Biggs Injury Law Firm will take all the complication and hassle out of your injury claim. They will deal with the insurance company and take the fight head on. 
You'll get personal attention as either Doug or CD will personally handle your case. You'll get to know them just as they will get to know you in every last detail of your case. They are local lawyers who care about their reputation and building relationships with their clients. Longo Biggs Injury Law accepts personal injury, wrongful death, brain injury, and other catastrophic injury cases. Go online at longobigs.com. Remember, the choice of an attorney is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. It's 10.01, which means Jackson and I should be on the air on 101 ESPN, so we have to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>